Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Hello, welcome to a victory edition of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser at Hawkblogger on Twitter, uh, and we're already trolling each other. <laughs> We'll explain for the people listening soon enough. Uh, this is episode, I believe, 102 uh, of Real Hawk Talk. If you missed 101 and you're wondering where that happened, go check it out. We did uh, we did our postgame show on Sunday after a big Seahawks victory over the Falcons in week one. And uh, we're going to talk all about that. Uh, lots to break down there. And then we're going to turn our attention to the upcoming matchup, Sunday Night Football in Seattle with no fans or no crowd, I should say, um, against the Patriots. So lots of fun stuff to go through today. Let me bring in the crew. Uh, this week, we've got uh, Dana O'Gorman, at Dana OG on Twitter. And Dana, can you remind me, uh, what was your prediction for the Seahawks-Falcons game last week? I know, I bugged you guys so bad about that. So my prediction for that game, I was the only one that picked that the Seahawks would have over 30 points. And my prediction was it was going to be 35-24. So I have to say, I didn't get my defensive touchdown. I did think that we would get a defensive touchdown, but I was pretty close. You were you were really, really close. Yeah. And somebody needs to take on the ultra-optimistic perspective on this show because uh, we, we kind of don't have that. There's a, there's some some spectrum of realism to pessimism that kind of goes on here. <laughs> and, and so... You know, it's it's good to have somebody who who represents the other side of the spectrum. Happy. Um, I, I gotta say, I feel like the deck's a little stacked here. I mean, like, 
our our perf- perspectives might be skewed. I think I had the uh, the worst record, projected record at eleven and five, and I also had them going to the national champions. Like we all had them like winning a playoff game, winning twelve games, and we're that's so pessimistic. That's the floor. <laughs> I mean, that's what pessimists are thinking. That's why, like, you know, I don't think anybody picked them to win a Super Bowl in this crew, right? Uh, no. so that would be that you were missing maybe the most optimistic. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to keep our search up for that. Uh, the voice you just heard, you should be familiar with by now. That is Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11 on Twitter. He is apparently a Patriots fan this week. He has uh, got himself a Cam Newton backdrop uh, for, you know, for some reason. And uh, it's Auburn, Auburn Cam. I didn't go Pat's Cam. I went, I went throwback to Auburn Cam. When he was maybe at his mo- his most fun and enjoyable, which is not to say that he's not fun and enjoyable now. One of the well, the funnest players in the league. Very excited to see him play again this week. Okay, interesting take to start <laughs> Fox podcast, uh, and then uh, Evan Hill at Evan in SEA on Twitter, uh, our most polarizing co-host for sure. I was just talking about this with Evan beforehand. Like the chat is always full of people that are like super fans of evan and like loving all his takes and people that are just viciously tearing him to shreds that sometimes we have to actually ban because they're so rude so so like evan how are you doing man uh, you, you handling this okay? i'm do- i'm doing great the seahawks are one and oh they let russ cook just as dana and brian have been begging them to do all off season <laughs> long it's it's good times in in the seahawks world right now they uh They've got an exciting Sunday night football game coming up. I uh, I couldn't be happier, you know, starting the show today. I think we've got some exciting stuff to talk about, and I'm just thrilled with how Sunday went. So, Evan, I know you well enough that I know you can handle me saying this. So, after that, I look in the chat, and <laughs> this is the four things in a row. Evan sucks. I stan Evan. Evan's the best. He's so whiny. So, like... That is that that is the range, uh, and that's actually kind of a sh- smaller range. There's more extremes on either side of that. Oh yeah, especially if you dip into 49er fans. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yes. it gets fun. Yes. It gets really fun. Yes. So <laughs> let's uh let's go round robin here for for a second and talk about that Seahawks game, which I was just talking with Evan and. It's it, it, actually I was watching the Patriots Dolphins game on Game Pass and the Seahawks Falcons game, their score popped up. I forgot the Seahawks were even behind in that game. They were behind three nothing, uh, if you might remember. And I was like, wait a second, is that a different game? Because it just never felt like the Seahawks weren't kind of in control of that game in one you know um, one way, shape, or form. Dana. You were positive, optimistic going into it. Um, relative to your expectations, how did the game play out? Well, I, I was—I think I was as surprised as many were to see Russ throwing so much. <laughs> and um, but I—I I was thrilled to see it and to come out, like I said, come out swinging. I mean, that's really what they did. And I think why it didn't feel like we were ever really behind is because those first couple of plays of the Falcons, I'm like, oh lord here we go. Like they were chunk plays and they got down there quick. And then to hold them just to a field goal, I was like, that's a win, right? Like I was really impressed with that. Um, and then Seattle scored so quickly as soon, you know, 
right away, especially after Russ got sacked on his first snap. I was like, oh, for God's sake. But it was, I think that it was really, you know, for, at that point, you could just feel the momentum for Seattle. Um, not to say that the Falcons didn't have some good plays, especially toward the end of that game. Um, you know, those garbage time touchdowns really kind of irritated me because it got all those receiving yards for all those and it screwed up the stats for those boys who love the stats so much. But, um, but overall, I, I was just, I was impressed with what week one looked like for Seattle because that's not normally what we get in week one for Seattle. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, um, Patriots fan, uh, co-hosting tonight. Um, what what did you think? Uh, did you even watch the first week of the Seahawks playing, or, or are you just watching the Pats Dolphins game? You know, I originally was a Patriots fan. That's how I, I got my way into football. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, two thousand one. Yeah, out. yeah. Lost a little. Yeah, uh, hitched my wagon to that underdog story. Uh, that that had, that really. Uh, there were some recent or somewhat recent events that really finally put the final nail in that coffin, but. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I do own a Tom Brady jersey, even. Uh, yeah. Uh, Are you being yeah, sarcastic game, about all of this? I can't tell. No, he's being. No, serious. this is all true. Shut you up. own a Tom Brady jersey. I'll I'll get it in a second. I, let me answer the question, Evan, and then I'll I'll go get it. Uh, uh, sorry, what was the question? I got distracted. <laughs> did you even watch the Seahawks game? I did. Yeah. No, I did watch it. Okay. Yeah, what did you think about your your other team, the Seahawks? Uh, uh, they looked, um, I, I don't know if I, if I should say they looked awesome. I mean, they were definitely way stronger on offense and they were, they did all of the stuff that we've been asking for them to do on offense. Um, Why and that was wearing, really, really like, cool. A festive sombrero and like doing a cha-cha. Like, I was going to say was the that, game you've been asking for. for that that is such a like, call response. Was, uh, they played a pretty good game and like, come on. This was everything. I said they did everything we've been asking them to do. Yeah, no. Um, it was all right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Good times. <laughs> Damn you. He's so metered. Like he's not going to waver at all, is he? Your wife must be a saint. Like, I bet you can, like, she can never, like, get you just to be happy, can she? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to answer this. Um <laughs> That was interesting. (laughs) No, like, so, okay, back to football. Um, (laughs) I don't think that there was... (laughs) They didn't come out and look like, you know, the most dominant team I've ever seen, right? So, like, if anyone was expecting that, you know, that didn't happen. But, like, it's really hard to find anything to complain about. I mean, yes, parts of the defense didn't look good, but those were the parts of the defense that we didn't expect to look good, right? The parts that we were hopeful for, Jamal Adams was everywhere. The offense let Russ cook, and it was super successful. And, you know, DK went off, and uh, they got Greg Olson involved, and the offensive line looked pretty good. Like, there's there, it was it was all positives. I mean... Yeah, and yeah, it was just a ton of fun to watch. And it was, uh, you, you had the tweet about there's a 90% chance that people would complain about the way they won. And they found the 10%. They won in the 10, that 10% range. And I, I think everyone was really happy with it. That's that's cool. Yeah, I, 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 I was happy about that too. But before I hand it over to Evan and ask for some of his thoughts, like I, I do want to go a little deeper because this was like, I mean, as it was unfolding and as the game, like the first series, I mean, they came out throwing, they kept throwing. There's plenty of chances for them to kind of revert back to their other, like, 
what were what were what was going through Nathan Ernst's like head at that point? Were you like, oh, they're gonna screw it up now, or like, what are you thinking as that's all happening? Yeah, I uh, I was pretty skeptical to start. Um, you know, he gets sacked on the very first play, so they're in like second <laughs> and seventeen, so whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah, and so like immediately, I'm kind of like, oh boy. Uh, and then they kind of have to pass at that point, and they did, which you know. To their credit, sometimes they've kind of, you know, decided to play it safe in those situations. Um, and then they were featuring Carson quite a bit in the in the running game or in the passing game early, which mm-hmm. was good. Um, but you know, running back targets aren't like super duper efficient. So for me, it took a it took me a little bit to kind of like realize like they're really doing this. Like they're really uh, they're doing everything that we could have asked them for where I really, really bought in and where I really, really got excited about what this could mean for the season was um, late in the third quarter when they were already up like a couple touchdowns and they, they threw like two, like 15 yard, 20 yard passes to Tyler Lockett. Right. And they just immediately, and the announcers are saying, Oh, you know, this is uh, the right time to start running more. And and they were just like, no, we're going to keep the foot on the gas and, and go. And that was when I was like, Oh, Oh, here we go. We're doing this. So Yeah. Yeah, I, that's that's a great point, Evan. So, um, bringing you into this, uh, where, at what point did you start getting your hopes up that like, or at least noticing that this was different? And at what point were you like, oh, they're like they're like really doing it? Like, what were those two moments for you? Yeah, those those first two drives were really exciting and impressive. But it wasn't until that fourth down deep shot to DK Metcalf down the left sideline fourth and five where it was like oh shit (laughs) like that was ballsy like that was the kill shot Jeff I think said it perfectly in like our post game show that was when I felt like the Falcons lost that game is when DK Metcalf caught that touchdown momentum completely shifted um game changing play obviously um I couldn't be more impressed with their run pass splits. Like I, I thought I love, I loved where they sprinkled in runs with the out, with the exception of like the Travis Homer sort of Ugh. pitch toss, which was kind of a weird play. Um, I don't think anybody really liked that. Uh, I'd rather them give that, you know, toss to Carson. Um, you really can't complain with their offensive approach, but the one thing I'll just mention that we're, that sort of got, um, forgotten about i feel like in the whole let russ cook movement is like seattle went hurry up like yep. quite a bit like yeah. up tempo like russell will russell was snapping that ball quick yep. trying to catch the defense off guard like to me that's almost as important if not as important as the run pa- pass splits like we've seen all the stats that show Russell Wilson is far more efficient, far more effective in an up-tempo offense. Mm-hmm. That's just as of a big deal. Like the, if this yeah, offense, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, finish your thought. I was just going to say, I mean, you can't, I, I, I can't be more impressed with what I saw from the offense on, on Sunday. Um, the only thing that I'll say I, I left kind of disappointed by, but I'll give the caveat of like Julio and Ridley are really good. I thought our corners got picked on pretty hard. Uh, Shaquille Griffin didn't look great. Um, he looked okay. I think the PFF grades were actually pretty low on him. If Ooh. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, we'll talk about that. We'll talk, we'll get there. We'll, we're going to talk about the good stuff. Quint- for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then Quinton Dunbar, I felt like struggled too, but, yeah. but I mean, I mean, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, like, I don't think it's a big deal because Calvin, I think in Ridley are 
uh, or uh, Julio and Calvin Ridley are really good. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But um, overall, very excited with uh, the performance they put together on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the things I'd, I'd throw in, in addition to what you guys, you guys all covered uh, a lot of good ground. But um, we've talked about uh, offensively, it's not just about passing more often. That's not what this is just about. It's not just about even up tempo. Um, it's about also passing in less predictable situations. So early downs where it's less known that you're going to be passing the ball. Part of the reason that, you know, um, people really hate run, run pass is because by the time you get to that third down, most people know that you're going to pass and you're going to see the most exotic sub packages from defenses. And it just is a harder situation to succeed in. So having some variety and catching teams off guard is a big part of it. We also have talked about passing differently. So it's not just the deep shots. Russell is an excellent deep ball, maybe the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. Great. But every play doesn't have to be play action, deep pass, right? There are opportunities to get some of these shorter passes, some of these high percentage throws, um, we've even talked about the screen game, which like for the old time Seahawks fans, I don't know if we have any that listen, uh, at least to the live show, uh, old people like me don't listen to live broadcasts. They like listen to podcasts at best, but in any event, John L Williams, you know, back in the day for the Seahawks was a- an amazing screen, um, game guy. And they just, there's no reason that that couldn't be part of the Seahawks, uh, offense, but it just hasn't been. So, they did all of those things. They passed early. They passed at various levels, various depths. They passed uh, across like horizontally and vertically. They challenged the defense and stretched them in every way. Um, I'll tell you the point where I was like most floored of all of it. When it was, they were ahead comfortably and it was second and 29 after a couple of penalties. And, you know, I can't remember what happened. I turned to my son. I'm like, they, they got to run here and run clock. They're not going to get the first down. Just, just accept it. Don't be stupid. Run clock. And he's like, no, like they should, they should try to get back into field goal range. And sure enough, like they passed twice, you know, once to lock it and then to Freddie Swain, they didn't pick up the first down, but they got close and they got a field goal. Like it was a small part of the game, but like the Seahawks of the past few years would have never, ever considered. Mm -hmm. In fact, like even if they weren't ahead, and it was second and 29, they would have run the ball, run the ball. <laughs> on that play. So like, it was a pretty amazing difference. And I think we've all talked about it. It's been talked about quite a bit um, online. So I think the next question for this crew is, is it going to last? Was, was, this a, was this a one game aberration? Or do we feel like this team has opened and expanded? Like, I'll give you a couple of choices. I'll give you three. This is, this is what we're going to see every week. This is the, this is the new offensive approach and the new uh, offensive philosophy and scheme. This is something we're going to see in weeks where the Seahawks feel like they have a decided advantage, um, you know, against the secondary and are going to press the passing game more. Or this was literally like a one-time thing and they're going to go back to the Seahawks approach that they've had in the past years. Ryan, before we... Yeah. Before we rank and categorize and define that, can we define like what this week means? So like, are we talking top five in early down run passing splits? Are we talking top 10? Because I think they were top two or three this week. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
let's let's define that before before we sort of dive into that. Are we are we calling it top five or top ten or what's the ballpark? I mean, to me, it's just I, a matter of like philosophy. Is yeah, is it going to look like this? Is it going to you know? And you can define that as as you'd like, I guess. Um, you know, I don't think it has to be the top three of early down pass rate in order for this to be significant. But, you know, if you want to say top 10, um, if that helps, you know, fine. But, but it really to me is like those three choices, is this going to be what we see every week? Is it going to be something that's matchup dependent or is this going to be just a one-time thing? And Evan, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I don't think every week they're going to be as aggressive as they were this Sunday. I think we're all probably pretty confident in saying that. Um, do I think they're going to lean a top 10 early down neutral situation, you know, 55% pass run split? I think so. I do. I think there's been a, I think there's been a psychological shift with Pete. I think, um, they've had some discussions internally, and I think uh, there's been there's been some interesting sort of like comments been made and tweets made by Seahawks beat reporters that were saying like Brian Schottenheimer tried to start this, you know, in, in the two games of 2019 or 2018, whatever it yeah. was, and mm-hmm. and you know Pete sort of put the kibosh on this. So maybe this is maybe this is Brian Schottenheimer's, you know. Um, own twist to the offense within Pete Carroll's system. And, and I, I hope that's the case, but I, I believe that's the case. I, I think there'll be a top 10 sort of pass run split offense moving forward. Dana, how about you? I think it's going to be really situational. I mean, logically that would be the right way to coach, right? Like if you've got a team like coming up with the Patriots, which I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, their secondary is crazy. Right. And so do you want to then be super pass heavy? I don't know that that's logical. And so I'm assuming that it will be, you know, matchup dependent at the same time. I, and I don't know why this has happened this week, but I've agreed with Evan like four or five times this week. And it's really shooken who I am to my core. So now I'm just teasing, but we have agreed a lot lately. And I agree with Evan. I think that, I don't know if it, if Pete looked at, you know, Shadi and said, you know what, give it a try. I'll give you some games. Let's see what happens. I don't think that happened, but I think there has been a shift in saying we've been stagnant the last couple of years. We need to shake something up. This is the most logical shakeup. And so maybe that is what's happening. Do I think it'll be every game? No, I think it'll be real matchup dependent. All right, Nathan, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's on the 75% of that spectrum. I think it's going to mostly be this, that this is going to be the default approach, but I think there's going to be certain matchups um, where they revert a little bit. Um, and this week might be one of them where, where they do that. And we'll talk about that in a bit, but what, what, what's your take? Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree. And this week is definitely going to be a big tell. I think we're going to learn a a lot real fast about how committed they are to this. Um, it does make sense that, you know, uh, they're not going to be able to, to shred every defense the way they did the Atlanta defense. And so that, that is going to kind of change how you play a little bit. Um, so I think that they'll, move back uh you know in terms of the early down passing and just the overall passer i mean pete's already come out and said hey we got to get carson more carries which is a little bit of a silly way to go about it and also he's got incentive to lie on that right i mean he doesn't want to just come out and say yep we're gonna run out the exact same game plan like you know he's not gonna telegraph <laughs> <What>? that yeah <laughs> uh Wait, pete carroll lies 
Sometimes okay. it's it's happened once or twice. He's one so. of the best liars in the NFL. Never. <laughs> Never. He actually is probably one of the best liars. He's pretty good. He's an, he's he's an exceptional liar. I will stand him on that. Yeah, <laughs> he is very he is very convicted. Um, uh, in terms of his his takes, even though he knows he's not telling the truth. But I think everything that was said here, you know, I mean, yeah, they the, they said that they worked on this all off season, right? I mean, and they're not going to do that for just one game. So I think there's a shift here. I think that we'll see definite movement, you know, when we look back compared to 2018 and then 2019 and then this year. Um, but, you know, how far along they are in this and how committed to it they are, I think, like I said, this week is going to be the real test of that. Yeah, it's... it's uh... The, the Pete Carroll comments about the run that, that has come out a lot. Obviously, everybody's really on Seahawks Twitter. It's very focused on that because they have a feeling of what it that it means he's going to revert. Um, on one hand, I will say I was pretty upset. My, my most frustration with the Seahawks offense, of which there was very little on Sunday, was how they split up carries uh, with mm-hmm. Carson and Hyde and Travis Homer. Like, Carson is significantly better than those other guys they should be getting his scraps not be splitting time with him so the only thing i can imagine is maybe they're trying to ease him in physically and whatever and i can kind of get that but if their plan is to split carries with carlos hyde i mean especially if i'm chris carson i'm pissed in my contract year if that's how they're going to go about it so that would be something to watch but Let's 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 shift a little bit and talk about. Um, I want to give you two options, and you guys, you guys, if you want, you can go off off track here. Who was more impressive on Sunday, Russell Wilson or Jamal Adams? Dana, you look like a Cheshire cat ready to. <laughs> Jamal on. Adams, well, no question, and and you know the reason why it's not it's nothing against Russell because. But we know he can do that. We know that that's what he's made of. We we see that from him, usually not till the fourth quarter, but we know it's there, right? Jamal Adams just taking over this defense, you know, being a leader. And I'm not saying that Bobby is not, because Bobby is without question the leader of this defense. And Jamal gives him props for that all the time. But I think the fact that Jamal Adams just came in and knew the defense and took over the way he did, it was so impressive because no one would have faulted him if it took him a game or two to kind of get into the groove of this right but that's just not who he is and I love again I'm a bias I'm a defense lover so I'm a little biased but I I just think that that it, it got me real excited to watch him play I was thrilled with what Russell was doing but I know that's what Russell can do Jamal I was just so happy he was in the Seahawks uniform yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're wandering in the desert, uh, uh, a, a glass of water <laughs> sounds pretty good. So absolutely. Um, Nathan, how about you? I mean, th- that was two pretty impressive performances. When I was watching it, I was like MVP and defensive player of the year on the same team. Maybe. How about you? Where, where were you on those two? Yeah, I mean, it's a little hard to say without the all 22 and just see what Adams was doing when he wasn't on the screen. Um, But, and then, yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, we've seen Russ do this for years now and we've never seen Adams do this. Um, And and I would say that I don't know that we ever, we've ever seen, we've seen a lot of amazing defensive players on this defense, but I don't know that we've seen somebody 
play quite the way that he did, which doesn't say he's better than Earl or better than Cam or better than Shermer, better than Bobby, right? I just don't remember seeing a player that was everywhere quite like that, right? The stuff that Earl did that was amazing just was different. And a lot of times you didn't get to see it. Uh, and, and Cam did amazing things where he would, you know, pancake guards and stuff like that, right? And, but uh, yeah, it, it just, every play, Adams was somewhere doing something and, and it felt like he was involved in, in making an impact. And that kind of... Um, yeah, Seattle's players before have always been very good, but they've always fit a role. And Adams was just like, tell me what to do, and I'm going to be awesome at it, and I'm going to make a million tackles and get sacks. And it's just like, what Thank what you. can't he do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Evan, I, I think Nathan said it really well. Obviously, Adams is very different than the players we've had there before um people started by saying oh yeah he's gonna be cam chancellor he's not cam chancellor like he's a very different player he does some of what cam does he does some of what earl did for my money i can't say for certain i've seen a better game for a seahawks safety in the pete carroll era and i think we have two ring of honor safeties that that uh have played with him i'm not saying that it was but i I searched in my memory banks and it's not like I'm like, Oh yeah, this game by Earl or this game by cam. I mean, maybe yeah, the super bowl for cam, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like there, there's very few. And like Adams was in almost every play, even the ones he wasn't making. I can't remember for sure, but there was a play at the goal line. He came off the edge, grabbed the running backs leg, kept him, kept him from like getting maybe into the end zone by an inch pretty sure that's where there was a fourth down that then Benson Mayo, you know, was able to sack Ryan and like things like that. I mean, he was just everywhere. So, I mean, where were you on, on uh, Russ and, and Jamal um, on Sunday? Yeah. I hate this question because uh, they were both amazing. So <laughs> it's like, if I choose one, I'm pitting one against the other. Um, Russell was near, per- near perfect. DK had a couple drops, and those were like, I think, two of the three incompletions he had. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't point to a sp- like a single throw that Russ had where I was like, eh, that was off or behind a receiver yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal was all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I'm at a loss for words with what that's, that's, with what we saw. From I'm Jamal. very happy with the question then. It did what it was. Uh, I mean, so. but 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 let me let me answer the question in a different way. Yeah, go. I'm more excited with what we saw from Bobby Wagner yesterday or on Sunday. He same looks more. so good. Yeah, I know. I, I know the hype. I know the hype is around Jamal Adams and the hype deserves to be around Jamal Adams. But what Bobby Wagner did on Sunday was just as impressive. Mm-hmm. Also all over the place coverage, multiple tackles for losses. Like after the year he had last year where he took a little bit of a step backwards, there were some schematic a changes. Step. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Um, schematic changes may have been an impact there that was not the case on Sunday that's exactly right and and I take the L there um you know let's let, let's do a quick uh round of what we got wrong <laughs> I'll, I'll kick it off I you know I was very clear that we needed to be at least aware that Bobby could be on the decline like there were signs that it, you know age-wise whatever the like steps speed he looked as fast as he's ever looked. He was on his coverage was one of the things he struggled with last year. And he was just white on rice. I mean, he was just everywhere there. It was one of his best games. He came out graded as an elite player as he had been 
almost every other year of his career besides last year. And guys, I mean, basically what that means is if you have, if you have an elite all pro safety and you have an elite all pro middle linebacker, um, this defense is going to be better. I mean, just, just, it, it will be better than it was last year. If just those two things change, let alone the other things we have to see. So, um, yeah, Bobby, I think that's a great call out, uh, mm-hmm. Evan and, and Dana, I know you, you want to jump in there too. Yeah. I think that it was just, it really was fantastic from Bobby. It was Bobby from three years ago. You know what I mean? It was Bobby when he was just, you know, so fast and so quick, it, it was thrilling to watch him play again. And I, I didn't have, I know that we disagreed on that a little bit because I didn't have, you know, as many questions about Bobby. I thought he, you know, was probably injured last year. Like you said, scheme, there was something up there. Um, I will admit though, the one thing I got wrong and, and I, I, I kind of glazed over this a little bit because I was worried, but I was really worried that we were going to have a no preseason week one. Like I really thought that without seeing any film on the Falcons, we have no idea what they were changing up, which wasn't much, right? Like it looked like the Falcons of last year. And so I, I was really worried that we were going to have a lot of skips and bumbles and from both offense and defense. And I guess you could say decaf, DK um, Metcalf dropping those couple might've been it. I, I don't think so. I think Russ was throwing that ball really hard. Uh, and I think that, you know, maybe it just bounced off his hands a little bit, but, but that's where I, I really expected to have some first quarter blues and man, was I wrong about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say, answer my own question. Russell, Russell to me was like the clearly the best player on the field that day. Um, and as much as I said, I, I, I can't clearly say there has been a better safety game that I can remember off the top of my head um, in the Pete Carroll era than what Jamal did. I'm not sure there's been a clearly better game that Russell's had than what he did. I mean, 31 and 35, at least one of those was absolutely a drop. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, 322 yards. I mean, through every kind of pass. I think his pass where he evaded the uh, side throw, threw it at sidearm to, I think it was Demo, to David Moore, I think it was. It's like crazy. That wasn't just a normal play. Um, So, I mean, that was as good. Basically, he has been pushing and pushing and pushing to get more responsibility and more of the game on his shoulders. He finally was given the chance to do that. He was finally given an offensive line that wasn't so putrid that he had no chance to even possibly live up to that. And he was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be better than that. You really can't. And and I, I sent it on Twitter, but there's literally been one game in the history of the NFL by any quarterback like what Russell did on Sunday. The only other player who's ever had something similar to that is Drew Brees in 2011. That's it. That's it. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was an all-timer game, and it was week one with no preseason. So I'm feeling pretty good about my 50-vote unanimous MVP prediction right now. And that this is going to be the best season of his entire career. I, I feel like very good about that potential right now. And if that's the case, sky's the limit, right? For, for what this team can be. So let's, before we start turning our attention to the Patriots game, let's do one more thing uh, about the, the, the Falcons game. Looking back, uh, any other players that you guys, you know, uh, I'll give you one or two uh, that you can call out that that stood out to you in that game or 
or caught your attention. And it can be a rose or a thorn. And in fact, maybe let's do both. Um, you know, uh, give one and the other to a player you thought did well and a player that you were a little disappointed in. Nathan, let's start with you. Um, again, it's a little unfair. I mean, the all 22 hasn't come out. And so who knows how he really looked. Uh, but I thought, I know Quill got a lot of negative reviews and, and he had rough patches. I, the guy that stood out to me a lot for having bad moments was Dunbar. Like, I, I felt like he had some just surprisingly bad moments. And going back and just rewatching the broadcast and rewatching some of the, the plays where they do let you see downfield more, um, it didn't seem right. Like he and what what concerned me is that he didn't seem comfortable. He didn't seem instinctive, um, and so that worries me a little bit. Um, they're doing a lot of different stuff, and so um, maybe that's also kind of what's going on with Quill. I mean, maybe maybe both of these guys, you know, Dunbar coming from a new team, and and then Quill maybe learning some dealing with a lot of uh, the blitz packages that they they were running and and how they have to kind of adjust how they cover. Um, I think that factored in, but yeah, I. Uh, I, I didn't see what I was hoping to see at all from Dunbar. So that would be my thorn. Um, uh, for a rose, I mean, um, there's a lot of kind of options on this one. Uh, Quandry Diggs probably deserves a shout out. Um, I, I don't know if he was, you know, he wasn't the best player on the defense. He might not even been the second best player, depending on how you feel about you know, how good a day Bobby had. Um, but he was around. He was doing things. He looked good. Um, I, I So, yeah, maybe Quandre Diggs, Diggs is the guy that I would say. And, again, no t- all 22, so I could be tweeting out horrible clips of Diggs tomorrow. I reserve that right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I felt good about what, what I saw from him and, and his him being, you know, an important part of this defense. How about you, Evan? Yeah, for the Thorn, I thought this is kind of an underrated player that, Maybe it's a slight, but I, I, we didn't really hear anything from Rasheem Green on Sunday. Yeah, um, I was hoping that he would. And of course, it's just, you know, week one. So, you know, he could easily turn it around and build off of his year two in Seattle system. But um, I was making I was I was hoping he would make a larger impact on Sunday. He didn't. Um, we'll see what that means for, you know, moving forward in terms of my rows. um also, I, I feel like Damian Lewis uh, rebounded strong in the second half. He had a, he, you know, he had a pretty weak first half. I think it was like two holding penalties that he had. Um, he struggled in pass protection throughout the game, but his run blocking improved and he definitely rebounded in the second half. So I think, I think Damian Lewis actually was a pleasant surprise on Sunday. I really do believe that. Yeah. Dana, mine is uh for Thorn, I'm giving it to two guys, Jaron Reed and Puna Ford. I thought they were at best average on Sunday. And those are our only two defensive tackles that are starting quality players. Um, Seahawks need a lot more than average from them. And, and I think you could argue they were below average for a decent portion of that game. So uh, that wasn't great. Um, and definitely I'm hoping that they add to that defensive tackle rotation. Um, as far as Rose, I'm going to go with a guy that I've been super, super down on. My expectations were super low. And so part of it's that, but Brandon shell, uh, he had one play where he gave up a pretty clear sack, um, did not pick up Grady Jarrett on a twist and, and led to the sack. So I saw that there might've been other bad plays, but he was not a dumpster fire at right tackle. 
Um, and uh, I, <laughs> I think that it's really easy to forget some of the first weeks of past seasons for the Seahawks where in the like Miami, like Cincinnati, where it's just literally a jailbreak on every snap and Russell doesn't even have a chance to, to get the ball off. And so I thought shell was okay. Um, which is a lot better than I thought <laughs> I was expecting. Not much Dana. How about you before we turn our attention to the pads? Um, let's see. I, I too had problems with the, with the corners and, and, but I have a little different view on it. I, I think that, I think that one was knocking the rust off a little bit. I do think that that is part of it. I think with Dunbar though, I do believe that that had more um, to do with him still kind of learning what, and he was gone on and off, you know, so he wasn't in camp all the whole time. So I am reserving judgment on Dunbar for at least a couple more weeks. Um, Griffin didn't do much for him wanting a big contract. You know what I mean? Or him, if he wants to re-sign with Seattle, this was not his game to put on his highlight reel. So I'm hoping that we see a little bit more from him in the future. I think we will again, I think it's week one, but the one guy that I think is, you know, the Rose that it's because we never said his name was Ethan Posick. I mean, in center. And I think that that's what it is. You didn't notice him. You didn't see him. He wasn't there, right? And so by not making any major bumbles, it's almost like he was doing exactly what he needed to do at the time. So I, I was impressed from that. I expected a few issues there. So I'm okay. excited about that. And I do want to say, for as much as you guys like to dog on our old man linebackers, <laughs> Mayoa and Bruce Irvin did a decent job on Sunday. I was impressed. Look at your okay. face. You're like, dang. Brian whatever. has an interesting take on that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I've been as as bullish as I can be about Irvin and Mayoa. I I thought I thought they were pretty. I you know, they were pretty poor. You know what I envision? They're below average. You know what I envision right now? Fast forward to February 10th, 2021. Evan Hill is in Seattle with Brian Nemhauser. Both of our wives are attending a candlelit dinner. Evan sips in a very expensive bottle of red, a massive Daniel Bro Daniel's broiler steak. Things are great. Life is good. Yeah, Evan's feeling pretty good about his bet with me right now. And and I would too if I was in his shoes. Um yeah, I, I they were not efficient pass rushers. Um we can agree to disagree there, Dana, but yes. this this is a, a Falcons were. team that that um that passed a ton on Sunday. How many pass attempts did they have? Fifty. A lot. Yeah. Um and so people focus on the sacks or the pressures or the hits, but it's really how many of those things pressures. that it's how many things, those things you do per pass rush snap that you get. That's what you're really looking for in terms of how efficient and how effective a pass rush they are. Vince Mayo had one, one total pressure. It happened to be a sack, but he had one total pressure in 47 pass rush snaps. That's not, that's not okay. That's not acceptable. That's not even like average. That's not okay. And so the CX need him to be better. Can he be? Totally. I, I, I'm not like giving up on him by any stretch, but I don't think that was a game that I would like hold up for him as like, okay, he's proven my point about, <laughs> you know, being a good, good pass rushing addition. That was, that was not the game I would, I would hold up. So I'll, I'll take that sack. We, we didn't have any last year. I'll take I know. <laughs> I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk about this Patriots game. 
Um, we've got uh, Nathan's favorite player um, going against his second favorite team. Um, so Cam Newton has moved over to the Patriots. He is playing for Bill Belichick, which is one of the kind of most fascinating marriages. Um, you, I don't think you could have like both as a player and as a person, I don't think you could have picked a more, a better foil for Tom Brady than Cam Newton. Right. Like, um, and so how that marriage is going to go through the first week of the season, this team, not only did they add Cam Newton and lose Tom Brady, but they also had a bunch of guys opt out of the season. Um, Dante Hightower, I believe was one of the guys, like one of their best linebackers opted out. They lost some of their offensive linemen, um, but they still have one of the best secondaries, if not the best secondary in the NFL. So here's the thing. And I, I, I want to know where everyone is on this because I kept looking at that score against the dolphins. They won 22 to 11, I think was the score. And like Cam Newton was the leading rusher with 75 yards. Sony Michelle was the next leading rusher was 37. Cam Newton threw it 19 times. And I'm like, okay, the Patriots just aren't that good. But every advanced metric says Patriots are like one of the top five teams in the NFL based off that game. So, and then I'm like, okay, that secondary is pretty good. What do we make of this team? Is it, are you guys looking at the Patriots and you're like, oh, this is a big test for the Seahawks? Or are you looking at the Patriots and you're like, licking your chops? Uh, this is this is the game you want, Nathan. You clearly want some attention, so why don't you go first? I wasn't. <laughs> no, I, no, I got to I got to grill Nathan for a second, Nathan. Yes. Why do you like annoying football players? <laughs> I like fun football players who do fun no, things no, and have no. charismatic, electric, beautiful smiles. <sighs> Why do you like annoying personalities? I don't. I don't. Do you what, like what, there's no annoying. I like you, Evan. <laughs> oh, oh right, damn. Right, I got to right. log off after that one. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> no, that was fair. That was fair. I set you up. Uh, go back to your question. I'll, I'll, I'll relinquish you. I, I was I was enjoying that line of questioning. Um, I was going to let you I was going to let you hang out there on your own. Uh, so uh, I'm going to keep my cam takes to myself because they always get criticized when I, I don't like cam for whatever reason. So, um, yeah. So what do you make of this Patriots team? Uh, you know, based on what you saw the Seahawks in the first week and what you saw or what you know, of the Patriots so far. What are you expecting on Sunday? Me? Yes, Nathan. Oh, OK. <laughs> Um, you have a towel over your head and you should be sulking right now while you give oh man I wish I had a, I have a napkin here I can do this <laughs> now, now look down and look really like somber uh -huh. only yeah. I could have a smile here and give me get, yes give me give me like give me one word answers like after the Super Bowl loss no <laughs> oh, God. Um, this, is, this is great this is fantastic <laughs> listening so yes, keep going. So, so what, what do you make of this game? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm pretty nervous because um, uh, it was really interesting going into the season. I thought because there was a lot of questions of like, oh, you know, can the Patriots really use Cam? Can he fit into their offense? Like, how's this going to work? And you know, there's kind of like two thoughts that I had about that. One was I thought back to that game where they started Jacoby Brissett. Um, and he was like the third string quarterback that year against the Texans and they ran triple option. And mm -hmm. I think they kicked the Texans ass in that game. Um, they definitely won. Um, so like Belichick has shown 
the ability to use a mobile quarterback. Um, and then just Belichick has shown year in and year out that he is a flexible coach. Like he's ran a ton of different offenses, a ton of different defenses. Sometimes in the same season, they kind of run these hybrid things. So um, I thought it was odd that there was, you know, skepticism about that. And it makes me nervous now um, going into this game because what we saw from Seattle's defensive line. Um, I mean, it was pretty interesting going back and rewatching. Like, I, I noticed them just running a straight 3-4 a lot more than I had when I watched it live and a lot more than I've ever seen them do before. Um, they've done some stuff with Double Eagle. And once in a while, you'll like once in a blue moon, you'll see a, an actual true 3-4 look. But um, they were running it maybe on like 20% of the plays that I, I was I'd gone back and watched. Um, so it became a significant part of the defense. So they're asking different things of the defensive line. And I think that we probably need to adjust our expectations based on that. But, you know, I also saw a lot of running plays where the defensive line and especially the interior just crumbled. Right. Um, and, and this Patriots team is going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, Cam is going to be able to take advantage of that and pick up a lot of yards on, on the ground. And, um, so this will be a true test for the the defense for sure. I think every offense is probably going to be a pretty big test for this defense. Um, and then they match up well offensively, right? We, we talked about it earlier. This is going to be um, really interesting to see how committed they are to this passing attack because the second the, the Patriots secondary and their pass defense last year was really good. And is it, um, you know, are they going to be able to challenge Russ in this passing offense a lot more than, you know, what we saw last week? Evan, I'm all over the place on this game. I really am. I'm like, I watched, I was just watching the first part of the, the game between the Patriots and Dolphins. And I'm like, oh my God, Ryan Fitzpatrick is awful. He mm-hmm. was making terrible passes that Russell Wilson would never, ever make. And when he was uh, making like decent throws, there were, there was yards to be gained. He was, he, he was doing fine. That game was like 7-3, uh, like with a few minutes to go in the first half. I can't remember even how it ended in the first half. But Patriots were not dominating them. The, the, the Patriots' offense was like super basic. It was just a bunch of different varied Cam Newton runs and some like throws uh, that were, you know, he only had 19 throws. And Pete Carroll's played against Cam Newton almost every year, and they've defended – Carolina ran a very you know, like varied run offense with Cam Newton with better running back options than I think what he has up there as alternatives. But then I'm like, oh man, but our our run defense was not good on Sunday, at least to start the game. It got better. And and you know, how are we gonna match up with that secondary? And so I'm kind of all over the place. Where where are you looking at this game? Yeah, they had an interesting game on Sunday. So like you said, Cam Newton, he threw the ball 19 times, but he ran the ball 15 times for 75 yards and a pair of touchdowns. So Sony Michelle had a pretty quiet day. Um, I, I'm not super afraid of, of New England's passing attack. Like they have Julian Edelman, who's not that great without Tom Brady. I think he's kind of overrated, actually. They have Nikhil Harry, you know, the first round wide receiver pick from ASU. I think it was last year. Um, he hasn't really done anything. Um, not worried about him. Uh, so I guess my question is like, who are their weapons on offense uh, outside of, you know, cam running option football? Um, I think, I think the, I, I mentioned this last week. I, I think it's really going to be about 
stopping their run game just because I don't think they really have a passing attack or a strong passing or an effective passing attack. I think Jamal Adams is going to, if the Seahawks win, it's going to be because Jamal Adams had a big day in the box. Uh, He was rushing the passer a lot, you know, against Atlanta, but you know, we could see him flying down like a torpedo missile um, for some tackle for losses, you know, whether it's Sonny Michelle or Cam Newton. Um, I, long story short, I'm just not, I'm not afraid of the New England, New England offense. Their defense is a lot scarier. They're really good last year. I think they were top two NFL defenses last year, depending on which advanced measure you used. Um, but I, I think they're bound for a little bit of regression. And, you know, they had a ton of players opt out on the defensive side of the ball, especially. I, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about whether Seattle should alter their game plan significantly about, you know, with this New England defense. But I really don't think they should. Um, with how Russell Wilson played last week, like I've said this on Twitter multiple times, like Russell Wilson is better at his job than New England's defense. Defensive players are at theirs. I, mm-hmm. I think when Russell is cooking, like when Russell is hot, like he was last Sunday, especially starting the season like this, he's got to go back to your best player. And I, I, I think they got to let Russ cook again, uh, again this week for them to win. Yeah, Dana, I, I, Evan and I kind of got back and forth on this. Like, I, I don't feel like the Seahawks have to run the same game plan that they did against Atlanta, and it, it might make some sense for them. That's very. I just care that they score. I don't, I don't really care how they score. And, and when I really the thing that scares me the most about this game, I guess, is I just feel like the Seahawks should win handily. I, I really do. Like, I, I think the Seahawks should be the better team. I think they have to stop. If they can find a way to slow down the run game of the Patriots, I don't think the Patriots offense can keep up with the Seahawks offense, no matter who the Patriots defense is. Got a ton of respect for Bill Belichick. And now he has got one week of film on the Seahawks and, and their new approach. And so he's going to have some ideas of how to slow it down. He's definitely got a secondary that can cause some challenges. But I mean, Tell me why, like, tell me why I, I, I should feel like, hey, this, this game is going to be tight and, and the Seahawks, Seahawks may lose. Like, w- what are some reasons why, why that could be? Well, it, it just, we, we talked about this in chat, but it, I just was reminded, we do want to say, you know, our condolences to Bill Belichick because his mother passed away. 98 oh, I didn't years know that. Old. It was wonderful. 98 years old of natural causes. Um, and so we, of course, send our heartfelt to him because- you know, that's just sad for anyone. Happened but, tonight, like literally yeah, like two hours ago. Today. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, so we will send our condolences to him. Um, he, I have a handful of points for this. So you're right. So Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, both opted out for COVID. Then they lost a few other players. Um, that was really, you know, kind of their, their big point. So Kyle Van Noy is gone. We have Jamie Collins is gone. There's quite a handful, but here's where I have a couple of questions. So you guys are so worried about the run defense, but Atlanta only ran for 72 yards between all of them. Now, granted, they throw the ball all the time, but the longest run was a 15 yard run. And so I feel like maybe well, yes, we agree that line has some work to do in that situation. I don't think you, you add that. And then the fact that this defense practices against a very mobile quarterback every single week, they've played Cam Newton a zillion times. They know exactly how he runs. I, I'm not nervous about that. I think that there will be a decent game plan for that. Um, so, so I'm not so worried about that. I, I don't think 
that the passing offense, I, I agree once again with Evan, I, people need to start writing this down, but that I don't think that they have the weapons. And I think that I was reading today on Twitter, you know, OBJ is up for trade. I'm like, I triple dog there. Belichick to stick him in New England with Cam Newton. Because can you imagine Bill Belichick with both of those personalities? I, it would be mind blowing, I think, at that point. So, but they, I think they do need some help up there. They do need um, some more weapons because nothing that they did really kind of stood out. I, I'm kind of like you, Brian. I was sitting there watching that game and I'm like, it just looked disjointed. Nothing looked super smooth. Everything nope. looked like it was forced. And this is a Miami team that really is going to take a while to settle. Brian, that Miami head coach, um, Brian Flores, I, I have a lot of respect for him. And he said, you're going to have to give me three years, guys. Like, this is not going to be, you know, right away. I agree with Fitzpatrick. He, he just looked a mess. They looked like a team that needed preseason. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But... I, I just wasn't overly impressed. That should have been hugely dominant. It shouldn't have been an 11 to 21 no, game. No. It should have been more if the Patriots are what everyone is saying. I saw them ranked three in a power ranking today. I was baffled by that. And I know, like you said, the metrics add up, but it just on film in front of your face, watching that game, you didn't see it. You just didn't see it. And let me tell you, it drives me insane that Cam Newton holds onto that ball for four hours before he gives it to his running back. And I know it's a distraction, but it just looks weird. It just doesn't look well. So I think if, if the Seahawks can always have a spy on Newton, because that's how you play him and that's how they've always played him and they can shut down that run game that the, the passing offense is not scary coming from new England at all. I agree with the secondary. I think that there's going to be a, a game plan switch from Atlanta to this game because that secondary is good that I mean even though they lost Chung they are a good really good secondary so that'll have to make some adjustments but I don't feel I'm not nervous about this game and maybe I'll be proven very wrong but I'm just not nervous about it yeah I mean that that's kind of where I'm at um and we'll kind of get into predictions now as we, we start to close it out I mean I think, Nathan, you made this point on Sunday, and I really, really wish you had tweeted it. Um, I don't think you ever did, but, but uh, you know, the difference between Tedrick Thompson wearing 33 at safety and Jamal Adams wearing 33 at safety, pretty big, right? Like, you go into a game like this, it's jokes aside, you have an option, like you have an option quarterback and a guy that's moving all over the place, You've got Jamal Adams or you've got Tedrick Thompson, even Jamal Adams or, or Bradley McDougal. Like Jamal Adams covers the entire field. Did you guys see the heat map of where he was on Sunday? I mean, it, it, it was basically just uh, an ink blot of the entire field. And, and, you know, he's exactly the kind of player you want in this, in this game. Um, so as we kind of round Robin here, I, I think the Seahawks will win this game going away. I think they win it by more than two touchdowns. Um, you know, so I, I think the magic number, and, and I think it'd be really, to me, it'd be really impressive because I do have respect for any Bill Belichick defense. And I think he's got a secondary that he can work with. If you can score over 20 points, I think that's a good performance. If you score over 25, I think that's a very good performance. Um, I think we're going to see the Seahawks uh, put up, I'm going to say, 
24. And I think the, the Patriots are going to score 10. Um, I think that's, that's about what I've got going on. And I I'm tempted to make it, make it a bigger margin than that. So let's start the Seahawks season as the anti 2019 from a point differential standpoint. And uh, I, I think, I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, Nathan, now that we can see your lovely face, can you tell us uh, where you're at on a prediction for this game? I really, uh, so I picked them to lose in the, uh, the, the, the preseason, the season prediction predictions or whatever. Uh, but I'm pretty, uh, yeah, the op I'm overtaken by optimism. If you can't tell, I'm just, uh, giddy beyond belief after watching that game. Um, so I think they'll win. And what did you say? 20, 24, 4, 24, 10, 27, 10, 24, I'm going to go with 24 seven. I'm going to revise 24 seven. Um, that's saying a lot about that defense. I feel like <laughs> I think it's saying more about the Patriots offense, but, but yes, I'm going to go something more along the lines of like a 31 20. Um, yeah, we'll go 31 20. I, I think that they're going to keep it going. I think that, um, that offense is crazy talented and yeah, I mean the, the Patriots secondary was good last year, but if Seattle continues to maximize that passing attack and their offense and the talent on it, um, it, it's a match for any defense. So sure. Yeah. I'll go 31 20. All right, Dana. I mean, doesn't look like so far that we're going to get a Josh Gordon edition. I know everyone wants to see him get to play against a uh, good old bill. Philip Dorsett's another former Patriots receiver that may get a chance. Uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Uh, where are you at on this game? What's your prediction? I think Seattle will win too. I picked them to win when we were talking about this preseason. Um, I, I don't know that it'll be quite as big. I I'm really questioning whether having no fans in Seattle will impact that if it'll, I don't know. It was mentioned multiple times. Pete Carroll mentioned a few others, how weird it was, how their piped in noise wasn't good, all that. So I wonder if that'll kind of screw with them a little bit, but probably not but maybe but I so I'm I'm a little more I think we're gonna win but I think it's gonna be 24 17 24 17 okay you got a close one Evan I can't believe with what I'm about to say but I'm gonna say it anyways Seahawks 41 Patriots 10 no way. <laughs> they are i have i'm revising my prediction they are going to continue to let russ cook and they are going to shit all over the patriots on sunday night football we've broken him he's a new he's, evan no this is putting him back together he was broken years ago <laughs> this is the evan of old where he would just be all sunshine i mean i mean okay let, yes. let me let me turn this question back to you yeah okay Say the Seahawks have a top two pass run rate like they did last week. I could guarantee you that that happens on Sunday night football. How confident are you that the Seahawks win on Sunday night? And does that change your prediction at all? Say it again. Top two. I was distracted by. Yeah, he's driving the Nathan wearing a reverse jersey, Tom Brady jersey, and being so proud of himself. He's got the. I've I've never seen Nathan so happy as I see him right now 
the Tom Brady b- b- jersey on backwards and a Jim Tomsula <laughs> backdrop for no reason. It makes no sense. But God, it again, sorry, I, I, I was very distracted. Say the Seahawks repeat their top two pass run rate split from last week in neutral okay. situations. Okay. Does that change your prediction and confidence at all for Sunday night football against the Patriots? Well, I mean, I just predicted win by a lot. So, but does it, does it change does it, it even more? Um, not a lot for me. No, I, I, I think, I think what would, if you told me that they were going to, um, that they were going to hold the Patriots to, you know, uh, an inefficient run game, you know, pick your favorite metric for EPA on running or whatever. Um, and we were going to see good run defense from the Seahawks. Then I think it could get really ugly. Because okay. I so I don't think, I don't think the Patriots can pass consistently. If they couldn't do it against the Dolphins, I don't think they can do it against the Seahawks. Okay. Can I change my question? Yeah. What and, and this is a better question for you and Dana. What if they oh. sign snacks tomorrow? Oh, what if they sign oh. snacks tomorrow? What if so, they do it? No, what if they sign snacks? Wednesday, we're, we're, he has we're to go through to testing. He won't oh, would he not? Would he not be no, eligible? He'd have to go through testing. Isn't that two days go- though? No, no it was a longer. It was a three day testing. No, so like then that week. would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, that's a bummer. I don't know that he plays. Okay, well, my question is invalid then. <laughs> but I get where you're going with that, and I think yes, that would okay. probably I probably bump my prediction for the Seahawks up to the 30s at that point. Yeah, and probably come down for the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoulda, uh, woulda, coulda. <laughs> Nathan, I, so I'm so taken. Like we've had you, like you've turned into some sort of like caricature in this show with napkins on your head and reverse jerseys. Like, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, you know, if if uh, all I'll say is if Pete Carroll passes like seventy percent of the time again this coming week, you just tune in, see what happens next week. Oh boy, what does that mean? I, nothing. I can't back that up at all, but I, you know, I want to know. Promoting the show, Bozo. Okay. No, here's the deal. If they if they do that again, you I'll wear are, a Cam Newton jersey on the show. You are going no, to No, I don't want to see that. No, I wish I did. <laughs> you will start Wait, the show shirtless. No, 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 you will get a Pete Carroll tattoo on your nipple and his eyes will be your nipple. <laughs> no, here's what I do. If, if they right? do it again, I'll I'll put on the uh, here. Here's what I'll do. I'll put on this background, and I'll just hide my face the whole time. Here, we'll do it like this. I'll come down here, and I'll just do. You'll have Andy. <laughs> It'll be something like this, but better. I promise. We'll make it work. Wait, wait, wait. What's the threshold? Is it seventy percent? Is that what it is? Seventy percent. What so, were they on you know, Sunday? Uh, here's here's the actual thing. If they do seventy percent. We will get to decide what your backdrop is for the next show, and you have no no power to change it. I uh, I feel like seventy percent is way too high because they didn't even hit seventy percent last week. Well, what's yeah? Whatever, if it's the same it, as whatever last it was week. in week one, is what. Yep. Okay, so it was sixty four percent last week. So. Right. Okay, so that's that's what we're looking Poor for. Nathan. Yes. <laughs> okay, if if they if they match that, then we get to pick your backdrop. And, and I would like to say it's got to be through the first three quarters because if it if, if the fourth quarter they're ahead by a lot, 
it's going to change, right? They were ahead by a lot in the Falcons game. Neutral script. Neutral script. Yes? Yeah. Neutral script. That's what it was for week one. Neutral 64 number. Yes, Nathan. Say yes. All right. It can't be porn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... Well, there's, there's porn, porn is not always. Wait, so you don't want like a DK Metcalf background or anything exactly. like that? Then, but you're saying exactly. DK Metcalf backgrounds okay. I'll allow that. That's okay. porn though. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, everybody. Well, that wraps up our show for this week. Um, if you haven't already, please go ahead and click subscribe. Oh, oh. wait, Evan's got something. Oh. Either that or he has to go to the bathroom. Tell no, me I have on. one last yeah, prediction. One last prediction. Five days until the 49ers lose to the Jets and go 0 and 2. Oh, now we got to talk a little bit long. I'm sorry. Like, no, that's not yep. 49ers. Yep. Forget the Jets. Let's just talk about that there is closet angst about Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. We have achieved inception in that <laughs> fan base about the fact that their quarterback is not elite. He's not even necessarily good. And if you look around 49ers conversations right now, they are really concerned about Jimmy Garoppolo and their receivers. They just signed Mohamed Sanu. Like they, they're desperate a little, they're pretty desperate. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, that defense also did not look as dominant as the defense that we saw that led them to an eight, no record last year. And eventually to the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I know Evan wants to take credit for the Cardinals part of that. And the Cardinals played fine. But wow. I thought the 49ers were more regressed um, than I thought that the Cardinals progressed. Um, and- I don't even know if the Cardinals played fine, to be honest with you. They didn't really put it together until the fourth quarter. Right. Right. It was I just mean, more like the Niners were worse. <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, I, I think that it, it was a significant development that there were no teams in the NFC West that I saw that were like, oh, wow. They Did the Rams like, not wow. impress you on Sunday looked, Night Football? They looked like the Rams from last year to me. And the they, Cowboys didn't impress. Right. As much as we all thought they would. Mm-hmm. I thought those were two above average teams. That's what I thought mm-hmm. they looked like. Neither one of them were like, oh, man, like they've really turned a corner. So – I mean, I got to say, like, I look across the whole NFL and every game that went on through through the first week. Based on how the Seahawks played, there wasn't a team other than maybe the Ravens where I'd be like, oh, man. Like, and even then I'm like, okay, I'd like to see how that game would go. I wouldn't go into that game scared. Um, forgetting somebody? No, the Chiefs, the Chiefs were fine, but the Seahawks looked better to me than the Chiefs did. Like, really? I, I was – I was more impressed with what I saw from the Seahawks offense than what I saw and, and from the chiefs. And especially I thought the Seahawks had two better defenders than any of the defenders that were on the chiefs on Sunday. Look who loves the passing game. The chiefs came out 50, 50 split. They had a running back. What do you go for? Like 150, but you're sold. The nerds got to you. <laughs> Don't leave me, Brian. <laughs> I've never, I've never been anti-pass. That's never been the issue. Brian has, mm-hmm. Brian has been bra- radicalized. That's the truth. Yes. Oh God, I gotta go. I can't. You've been <laughs> radicalized. You're screaming, "Let Russ cook!" You're running down the streets naked with a "Let Russ cook" tattoo. It's uh, real. It's, it's happening. It was great, man. It was, it was a lot of fun on Sunday. So, 
All right, all right. Let's let's wrap um, on on my uh, irrational uh, excitement. And uh, please, if you haven't already, subscribe. Click subscribe. Click the bell. Get notified when we go live. If something crazy does happen, we will go live and probably talk about it. You want to know? Um, subscribe on Spotify, on Apple Play, iTunes, on uh, Google Play, on iTunes, all those places, and at Patreon.com/slash/HawkBlogger. You'll get added to our Slack channel, which, by the way, it's awesome because there's so many of you that have been joining. It's been like gumming up the system. I get to forward the join emails to Evan, who has to manually add you to the Slack channel. And he's so frustrated. It was whole. Stop is, donating to charity, assholes. <laughs> this was his idea. And I was like, Evan, you, how are you going to like maintain this? He's like, oh, I'll, I'll do it. I'll handle it. I'll handle it. And now he's like, stop sending me these emails. All these assholes donating to charity are taking time yeah, out of my so day. terrible. It's true. It's true. I'm kidding. So, I'm kidding. Thank Keep you donating. for joining. Thank, so, thank you. So really, if you want to like really bother Evan, please continue to sign up at patreon.com slash Five bucks a month. Come on. That's great. It's going to be fun. The Slack channel has been popping. There's been a lot of good conversations. Um, even some of the folks in that channel have been starting to write their own articles, um, which we've shared out on Twitter because they've been really good. So a lot of good stuff in there. We keep it friendly, keep it good. Um, and, and, you know, uh, all that good money goes to charity. So uh, with that, I'm going to let it go. Thank you all. Um,